Hello and welcome to To The Edge and Beyond, a series that makes sense of powerful innovation for real-world applications. It's brought to you by the Intel Internet of Things Group. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of To The Edge and Beyond, an Intel podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. And folks, thanks so much for joining us on another episode of the show. On today's episode, we're going to be taking a needed look at the state of industrial automation adoption. And we're going to dig into how manufacturers can and should be working to materialize Industry 4.0 through their industrial automation investments. So for insights today, I'm pleased to welcome our guest, Mr. Hector Martinez. He's software product line manager for entry processors at Intel. Hector, thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing today? Hello, Daniel. Thank you for having me. Uh, I want to give our audience a little more context on your background here, but Hector joined Intel in 2018 as a product marketing engineer in uh, IOTG's Industrial Solutions Division business unit, and he was working on entry-level processors, uh, doing marketing and planning for industrial and energy IoT markets. And in his former professional years, Hector also worked in multiple companies such as uh, Delphi Automotive Systems, John Deere, and even General Electric in some software development, embedded software development, and management roles for applications, including automotive, construction, and agriculture hybrid vehicles. Uh, we'll toss in electric power management as well and locomotive engines. Hector, is there anything I missed there? Well, I might just add that my passion is technology and innovation and, and trying to find how they can help us improve our day-to-day -day life and the products we, we consume. Uh, while working in some of the, these leading organizations in industrial and automotive, I got first-hand experience in the importance and relevance of automation and how it can help us optimize and improve operations. Can you explain for our audience what some of the core challenges are that manufacturing end users are facing in the current market, just kind of at large, and how that's setting up the need for and the adoption of uh, Industry 4.0? Sure. Well, I think the basic challenges are that the manufacturing uh, is, is facing today are similar to a decade ago. We're talking about reliability, safety, flexibility, ruggedization. But when you are in a manufacturing environment, continuous improvement is part of the job. And hence, it's uh, trying to find ways for waste reduction, greater quality, more productivity, it's, it's, a date, it's part of the job. Now, what, what I see is that slowly but surely, manufacturers are realizing about the missing opportunities to capitalize on all the data that gets generated during the operation and realizing that uh, maybe single point solutions or uh, more uh, customized solutions, it's going to fall behind in their capacity, flexibility, and scalability to make use of all this data as a mean to for continuous improvement. So then if we expand on this concept of uh, materializing industry 4.0 through the adoption and use of industrial automation, I think we need to define what both of those you know, I guess core themes are here, right? Because I think for a lot of industries, Industry 4.0 manifests itself differently. So how are you defining Industry 4.0? And how far away would you say manufacturers are from achieving that standard of 4.0 for their needs? Well, the, the so-called fourth 
industrial revolution. In, in, for me, it basically means incorporating the latest innovations and technologies as a means to improve industrial operation in, in the greater sense. But such innovations are happening both in terms of connectivity and compute power. And this is taking us to a position to create far more capable interfaces, ease of use, maybe the use of a, a more interesting and, and capable algorithms and models that will be resulting in, in an improved, safer, and more reliable industrial operation. I think today, Industry 4.0 is within reach for most manufacturers, yet it involves re-evaluating paradigms of operation, looking at industrial devices supporting advanced capabilities and higher performance, and also evaluating how legacy systems can be brought in into the new automation strategy. There's a statistic I want to get your thoughts on to follow up on that, but in a recent study of manufacturers, 92% of them said that their technology investments were focused specifically on increasing resilience and productivity, which I think signals what you were talking about here, right? As the adoption of Industry 4.0 takes hold in manufacturing, the main goal is how can we make investments that uh, will insulate us and keep our production processes efficient, but then also how can this technology create more touch points for productivity and encourage productivity in the processes themselves and in the manpower that's making it happen. But we also see end users are faced with balancing significant trade-offs between, for example, adopting new technologies that offer low power but enhanced reliability to improve performance, and then also balancing that with maintaining backwards compatibility with legacy systems that optimize their prior ROI strategies that haven't necessarily gone away. They're just also transforming through Industry 4.0. So where do you see some opportunities for legacy manufacturing operations to strike that proper balance? Do you have any suggestions or strategies there? For, for starters, I can, I can see the concern from manufacturers in maximizing their, their return of investment in legacy systems. And therefore, when they are putting together their plan to modernize manufacturing operations, they should consider the backwards compatibility requirement as a means to create a synergy between combining new technologies with legacy application. The good news is that new industrial devices, devices and designers today fully understand this requirement is key to, to make sure that the, our devices are successful in the market and make sure that uh, we offer systems that will smoothly integrate in current manufacturing operations with minimal disruption, but max maximizing the benefits of such, syner such synergies. So how are you seeing end users in manufacturing uh, you know, hope to use data or uh, how are they uh, making plans to use data in certain ways and adopt industrial intelligent edge capabilities as well as optimize some of their technology investments to elevate their businesses, right? What are those goals and use cases that you're seeing them want to do and how successful do you think those are, right? Are they meeting the needs of the moment? Well, I think that the challenge today is in manufacturing systems, the, the bulk of the most relevant data that helps optimizing the operation is generated and is used at the edge. But unfortunately, many current system devices lack 
of performance and capabilities to use this data effectively or efficiently. I mean, one approach would be to move in the data upwards to the cloud for more capabilities in processing such data and then take it backwards. But I think this is not feasible, probably not efficient, and not probably not efficient. So I think the approach, the approach should be the other way around, trying on allocating more processing power and connectivity at the edge to be able to use the data right at the spot and getting faster responsiveness towards efficiency and productivity. And then how would you say that that is defining the playing field for competition in the market, right? If everyone is kind of being motivated to take on a similar standard or to apply industrial automation and industry 4.0 solutions for certain metrics, what is giving different companies that cutting edge and that competitive edge and is it informing specific strategies to stay competitive in the current market? Let's talk about maybe uh, AI inferencing. The, the, I mean, the process to do this type of model uh, or to run this type of model may be generic, but the, but the differentiator is for, for the users of this technology is where do they use it, how, what, the, uh, when they've learned about the, their processes in manufacturing, most probably they've identified what are the key steps in their, in their operation where they can get the most benefit out of it. And that's going to be pretty unique for, for manufacturing line, even in, within the same company, depending on the needs that you have. So, uh, so I think the differentiator in terms of uh, uh, industrial devices is going to be more about how flexible and easy to adopt and easy to, to develop is with such devices. To, to be able to, to adopt and ingest and, and, and process all the required data for, to, to achieve this edge for, for the specific cases that uh, they are going to be used for. All right, let's get a little more specific now, Hector. Can you offer up some of your favorite examples that you're seeing in the market today of high-value automation solutions being launched in manufacturing settings? For sure, I think the growth in the use of robotic systems in manufacturing has been key to improve operations. Robots are a great tool for taking care of repetitive, high precision, and sometimes hazardous steps in manufacturing activities. And they have driven great improvements in the quality of the end goods we enjoy today. Furthermore, I think one area that it's uh, very interesting is the next generation of robots called collaborative robots or cobots. These have been designed to safely operate next to operators, creating great synergies in terms of precision, plus flexibility, plus adaptability, while maintaining a safe environment for humans. I think the potential for this uh, new generation is enormous. And then are you seeing any sort of tangible effect on manufacturing operations because of uh, said investment? Uh, and if so, you know, what are some of the specific effects that you are seeing manufacturing operations take on because of said investments? For sure. I believe that the quality of the, of the products we enjoy today compared to like, I don't know, 10 years ago is just evident. And it doesn't happen by accident. It's, uh, it's in this cycle of continuous improvement in the use of more advanced tools, such as the uh, robotic applications that I've mentioned. That just along there's, uh, there's additional improvements in, in different devices, 
improving may, maybe the resolution, uh, improving the speed on what in which they can process certain certain steps of the manufacturing, maybe maybe defect detection, maybe preventing sudden shutdowns, uh, and things like that uh, reduce costs. I think that those are those are the effects that we are seeing uh, across this uh, evolution in the uh, manufacturing processes, and there's more to come with uh, newer technologies are that are being integrated today. What are some of those key under the hood technologies that you see powering some of your favorite automation solutions that are going to be critical to the success of um, this transition to Industry 4.0? What are your thoughts? I, I'd like to uh, highlight three. Um, Let's start with automation. When we talk about automation, we're really talking about control. In control, basically, we're talking about real time. In case uh, in Intel, uh, we've developed technologies to improve real time operation both at CP at the CPU level at and at the communication level. The Intel TCC time coordinated computed, co- computing addresses need for enabling and improving real time performance with Intel CPUs. But in addition, there may be some systems that will require intra-device coordination, and that means also determinism at the network. So real-time at the network, basically, and real-time capabilities are also available in the newest generation of processors, uh, Intel Atom processors in particular. By integrating IEEE industry standard TSN time-sensitive networking capabilities uh, across a, a gigabit Ethernet ports. The second one is risk reduction. Mm. And this, this goes along with functional safety or FUSA, as it's sometimes uh, shortened. Uh, this is another technology that's been added to facilitate the use of Intel processors in systems that will be requiring industry standard compliance with industry standard IEC 61508, which, is, which defines safety integrity levels. In particular, for manufacturing, we're looking for SEAL level two, and mm. seal level three type systems. And, and over here, basically, we're talking about the redundant systems. And they seem simple, but they bring some level of complexity, really interesting that for the intercoordination of the different channels of, of, uh, of, of the processing to guarantee the safety. The last one I'd like to mention, it's, uh, it's probably more kind of like a discrete, I'll say. A processor to be suitable for industrial systems it needs to comply with some certain certain standards of operation. Basically, they, it needs to be reliable, or in other words, it needs to be really ruggedized. So we focus a good level of investment on designing and validating industrial use con- conditions, which basically means processors are going to be capable of running 24-7 continuously for years. That's that's the goal. That's the idea, and they gotta be able to perform under a wider temperature range that uh, compared to commercial temperatures, which basically we're talking minus forty to eighty-five degrees Celsius ambient temperatures. Are you seeing those technologies become a standard across the leading deployments, uh, or is there still somewhat of a gap between the people that are, you know, centering those under the hood technologies as a standard and the rest of the field? Probably the main difference or the main innovation is that uh, most legacy systems based off their, these type of capabilities are in some way available at uh, in microcontrollers and mo- smaller devices. But the challenge is putting more uh, precisely, achieving the goal of allocating extra performance at the edge and, uh, and still comply with these basic uh, requirements, if we can call it, for 
to be able to play in the industrial world. I want to highlight another aspect of that technology ecosystem for a successful um, manufacturing automation solution and industry 4.0 transition. And that would be uh, industrial controllers. Now, what we've seen is that successful designs need ruggedized processors that monitor, that analyze, and that make real-time control decisions. So can you give us some thought then on how processing power uh, can make or break an industrial IoT integration? And what has been Intel's work to fill this need in the industry with its processors? What are your thoughts there? Good news is that the new generation of Intel Atom X6000 series is a major leap in performance compared to its previous generation. Basically, it's almost up to up double the performance from previous previous generation, and uh, and the GPU is even up to three three times. It's not just adding the performance, but also keeping the same power envelope, because power consumption is pretty important, particularly at the edge. And uh, so in, in our sense, we're optimizing the performance of the CPU Intel uh, processors in this new generation uh, of Atom. All this extra performance, along with real-time capabilities, safety, and ruggedization, has been designed to unleash the next generation of industrial devices by providing designers within, with extra resources and users with an improved user experience. We foresee more capable industrial systems improvement in the overall, overall experience and backwards compatibility. We really think that the next industrial revolution is within reach with the use of industrial edge devices that are going to be running on Intel Atom X6000 series. Well, as we start to close up here, then let's dig into that Intel technology. How would you describe the benefits of uh, industrial intelligent edge solutions that are powered by the Intel Atom processor X6000E series, right? What really differentiates those integrations from the rest of the market when they do have that Intel Atom processing power to back it up? I think there's two, two aspects. The first one is from the end user point of view. They are going to be getting improvements in productivity, safety, and reliability, and also a great user experience. But for the second one is for developers. All these extra compute, compute resources and a great amount of IoT features and interfaces too, they are going to facilitate the deployment of newer, more capable and connected algorithms and models. Not to mention, with Intel Atom X6000 series, there's a, it comes along with a great software ecosystem, including the support for the most relevant operating systems, hypervisors, and software development tools. Also, this generation of processors supports scalable to uh, core products. So it's a great processor. I've got a few more questions here for you on the X6000E. I just want to make sure our audience fully understands how this is going to play a pivotal role in successful deployments. So can you draw some comparisons to other processors out there, right? Compared to some of the other ones on the market today, how does the X6000E compare in terms of cost, power usage, speed, processing load, any metrics that you think are important to center? Well, if we calculate kind of the cost per unit of performance. Definitely, we have a pretty competitive uh, products in terms of the GPU and CPU performance 
for the power envelope that uh, we are uh, competing or we are in the market, we are being like uh, from six uh, watts, nine watts and 12 watts type uh, of processor. I think one differentiator is that uh, this new generation integrates uh, a significant amount of uh, IoT interfaces and features. I've mentioned three, uh, real-time safety and, and ruggedization, but also there's a myriad of uh, interfaces that are designed purposely to maintain or to improve this backwards compatibility that we, we mentioned earlier. And I think that's, that's key and important compared to some of the competition that may have smaller solutions, but also they have limited capabilities and interfaces that basically result in more pointed solutions. I think with uh, with this new generation, we can really look forward to forming more interesting, more capable models and algorithms uh, executed at the edge. And then lastly, I just want to give a shout out to the whole Intel ecosystem here because your whole slew of processors, including your uh, Intel Core processors, are also playing a role in Industry 4.0. I'm wondering if there's anything you care to mention there, right? Uh, if you uh, you see that being an important aspect of moving Industry 4.0 forward, or are there any use cases for the whole ecosystem that you think will continue to set standards for successful um, manufacturing automation and industrial IoT deployments? I think one of the key aspects of the uh, key benefits of Intel processors is the up, upwards and downwards uh, scalability. And maybe maybe you find out or a designer may find out that there's uh, the, the need for extra compute power or maybe a stronger CPU. We put a lot of focus on making sure that the ecosystem is compatible and and thus uh, accelerating the time to market in case that you need to, to, to move or upscale your, your processor for, for the needs that you may have. So uh, uh, there's a really, really interesting innovation as well in the core swim lane with the uh, 11th generation of processors. We, we actually work really close with the, with the development teams uh, of Core and, and Atom. And to, to make sure that we are cross-coordinating and, make, uh, and delivering the, the best products we can for, for, the, for the market. How do you recommend that manufacturers, again, balance some of the various pressures and factors of transforming to Industry 4.0? And I'll offer specific things, but how do you recommend they balance things like adopting low power but reliable IoT, uh, improving their performance solutions, and then maintaining backwards compatibilities with their legacy systems? Sure, I think they need to start, they need to look for industrial edge devices that while offering improved capabilities and features, they are also capable of supporting legacy systems. For sure, they need to maximize their investment. When designing with, uh, when we were designing the Intel X6000 E-series processor, we had this end user requirement in mind. And that's why we've integrated uh, many IoT uh, legacy, uh, mainly communication interfaces Having in mind that this processor should be a bridge between legacy systems and new technology, this resulting in maximizing the reuse of legacy infrastructure and investments, such that manufacturers enjoy uh, or and reduce most of their current uh, solutions. So, industrial edge devices running on Intel Atom X6000 series will be a great start to start driving your Industry 4.0 transformation while maximizing the reuse of the current investments. And Hector, would you say that that advice 
changes based on the scale of deployment, you know, whether we're dealing with a smaller manufacturer or we're dealing with a massive uh, multinational manufacturing operation, would you change that advice? Or do you think that this is something that any manufacturer can apply? I think it's um, it's an advice that any manufacturing can apply. It basically boils down in the to the design of their production lines or or maybe the, the flow of the operation that they have. I think when they have installed infrastructure and they've used it for maybe a couple of years or some time, they quickly realize the, the points where of improvements, where where if they had maybe better performance or if they have better, better uh, defect detection systems or, or some other some other innovation or improvement that they can do, they'll be getting the, the best yield in their, their solutions or improving the yield in their operation. So, so if it's a, a small uh, manufacturing operation, uh, there's uh, opportunities uh, as well as uh, large manufacturing settings. Uh, maybe the complexity is greater and, uh, and, and the pace and, and so, but uh, in, in general terms, the, the advice is similar, is the same. Thank you so much for your perspectives today on the podcast, helping us understand how to materialize Industry 4.0 through industrial automation investments and solutions. So again, folks, we've been chatting with Hector Martinez. He's Software Product Line Manager for Entry Processors at Intel. And Hector, if folks want to get in touch with you, they want to source some more perspectives, maybe ask you some questions. Are there any websites, emails, social medias that we should point them to? Absolutely. If uh, I'll be pleased to to uh, get in touch with uh, some of the audience, you can find me at LinkedIn, LinkedIn.com forward slash in forward slash Hector D Martinez together. D as in Daniel, Hector D Martinez. Or you can just search for my name, Hector Martinez Valencia, with uh, two words last name, Martinez Valencia. But I'd like also to recommend the audience to visit our Intel.com forward slash IoT and intel.com forward slash industrial. And they, they just take some time to browse around and check, check how Intel processors are improving industrial solutions. I'm sure that you'll be, you'll be finding some relevant resources and uh, that, um, that may spark some, some ideas for, for improvement. Fantastic stuff, Hector. Thank you so much for that. And thanks again for joining us on this episode of Intel's podcast. I'm looking forward to getting you back on soon. I'm sure this won't be the last time. So thanks again for your time today and we'll chat soon. Thank you, Daniel. And thank you everyone for listening to another episode of To the Edge and Beyond, an Intel podcast. If you like what you heard today and you want to make sure you're all caught up on previous episodes and you want to make sure you don't miss out on future drops, then make sure you're subscribing on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and head to our website, intel.com, for more, including episodes of the show and other resources and content. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B, and we'll catch you on the next episode of To the Edge and Beyond. We'll be right back. 